What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo Gig News and Interviews. I'm your host, Steve. Let's get it on. What's up, everybody? Hope you had a wonderful holiday weekend. Hope your Thanksgiving was amazing. Um, whether you worked, uh, I know a lot of people did work um, over the holiday weekend. Um, hopefully, at least you got some time. You did something um, for yourself, whatever it might be. Um, I hope that it was something nice happened for you over the holiday weekend. That's, I guess, where I can leave it. Um, but moving forward here, last week was the 300th episode of the Rideshare Rodeo podcast. And this week, I am losing my voice a little bit, um, but I'm working with it. For some reason, I'm sitting here watching the levels and I cannot get the levels to go higher. Is this because I'm losing my voice? Normally, my levels are cranking. What is not happening here? Regardless, how are you all doing? Um, glad you all could join. I'm not sure. Again, I, I'm trying to get this volume down there. That's a little better, maybe. Anyway, things happen on live on live podcasting. We know this. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about, um, well, a few things today. Um, it's going to be more like an open discussion, really, um, or just some, some of my takes on things. But first of all, I just want to uh, plug a couple upcoming things this week. So now, and, and I'll plug a couple things now through the end of the year because I was trying to see where... Um, there might be some holiday discrepancies. However, I'm not seeing a lot of them. Um, but one might come up and if it does, obviously, um, I would let everybody know in advance. As most of you know, most content that I create over on YouTube does come over here to the audio podcast, especially the long, long form stuff. Um, I did try out 13, um, the 13 minutes of gig news, and that was not a big hit with the podcast group. And I guess I get why, because um, I've I've dropped podcasts on Saturdays before, and they do very well, or they perform very well. Um, 13 did not perform well, and it performs very well over on YouTube. So I think part of it is just the differences between audio and, um, you know, YouTube. A lot of YouTube people, it's like different levels, right? So you got audio podcast listeners wanting the long format, right? You've got YouTube listeners, you've got YouTube people who love lives and will watch the whole long format. You even have people who watch the replay of long format from YouTube, which is great. But at a point, that group that subscribes to your channel or that is that really likes to listen to the long format stuff, it does become a little bit more about the chopped up shorter stuff. It's not quite a TikTok, don't get me wrong, and every social media platform to, to each their own, right? So, I mean, it is, it is what it is. But, um, you know, on TikTok, you're, you're fighting for, you know, can you get somebody's attention for 15 seconds, a minute, three minutes? I know they have up to time to 10 minutes, and to be honest, I've had a lot of success uploading the 10-minute, like the longest length you can upload to TikTok, that works for me because a lot of people want that long content still. 
Um, I do have to edit some things down. Sometimes things are missed, but I always let people know, you know, this obviously this came from YouTube. So you want to watch the whole piece, you can go ahead. That's an example of like 13 though. Going back to the long format, you guys love it. Um, even YouTube loves it. So um, we'll keep with this, but here's, here's how I see the, re let me start with the things that happen every week. And then in the new year, a lot of, most of them will just continue and probably on the same days and times, there might be a couple changes. But one thing that might change for sure in audio podcast listeners, um, this is just the only one I'll mention um, because it doesn't, you guys don't see it. So if on the weekends, audio podcast listeners, you're into checking out 13, um, it is on always on YouTube. It drops every Saturday uh, between 1 p.m. and 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So between 3 and 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, but so through the end of the year, that will continue to be the case. So by two p by four p.m. Eastern, one p.m. Pacific, um, it will the thirteen drops on YouTube and and you know um, Insta, uh, which takes it over to Facebook Reels and uh, TikTok. You can catch that in the new year. That might become Sunday. Um, I tried this once before and went back to Saturday, but there's a reason why. I'm going to be doing some other projects and some other things, so um, it might work out better balanced because 13 performs better if I don't record something the day after it. And I always record the audio podcast either um, my preferences on Mondays, which always drops on Tuesdays because that gives me time to put it together and get it uploaded and ready for drop early Tuesday morning. But I have done ones that are recorded Tuesday morning really don't allow me much time to clean up any kind of volume issues. I don't edit these pieces, um, but even the volume issues, I don't really have time to clean them up. So I've had to upload them kind of on the fly. Um, but yeah, so that Tuesday has been the, the audio podcast since um, May of uh, 2020. It has dropped every Tuesday, never missed one. So, um, and I like to do it in the morning. So that will continue. Um, the last mile, um, I do that live on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on YouTube. And then I bring that over to the audio podcast on the weeks that it wasn't a lot of screenshot demonstrations. So there are some weeks that it doesn't come over, but if it does, it, it drops on Thursday um, on audio podcast. And then I always bring over the round table. So the round table that we do on Thursday nights on YouTube I always bring that over to you guys on Friday. So every every week you're guaranteed a Tuesday audio podcast and a Friday audio, audio podcast. And the Friday is the Thursday night, um, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, live recording of the Rodeo Roundtable. Um, this week, so we've got Wednesday, we've got Thursday. On Thursdays, I also record the uh, Para, um, what, the Gig App podcast by Para. Uh, which now is on audio podcast as well. You can find it on Spotify, Red Circle, and some others that we're starting to distribute to. But you can also find it on the Paragig Smarter channel um, recorded on Thursdays, and then it drops on Fridays. So I know that was a lot of just blah, information, but I just kind of am sorting it out in my own head too. Um, this week, uh, as in, so this this is dropping on November 28th, um, this same day that you're hearing this, I will be doing a piece with Karen Anderson where she will be, we will be going back to the Vina Duval piece I did on AB5 and the unionization push for rideshare and delivery drivers and all this. 
Um, Vina is on the more extreme side of that, um, of everybody being union. Um, but uh, Karen is hands down. Karen Anderson. She's in California. She's uh, she's um, self-employed really understands AB5 and in fact to the degree where I can safely say if you've heard the pieces I've done with Karen or heard roundtables she's been in or pieces with Kim Cavan and I um, Karen really has an understanding of AB5 that most people don't including the, some of the lawmakers who signed the bill into law and as we know Prop 22 was just a solution to the problem of AB5 for the gig economy it was a carve out it was a paid for carve out but we're going to, Karen and I are doing a piece tomorrow. It's going to be, I've never done a piece like this before. It's, we're going to listen to the Vina piece and she gets very heated when she listens to it. So we're going to actually take, you know, I'm going to like play, play, we're going to play the 50 minute piece through, but I'm going to stop it at a couple points and let Karen interject too, because again, she, she really is kind of one of the leaders in understanding AB5 and it takes a while to really understand it. Um, again, I, I'd put her up against lawmakers and people even who signed the bill into law. On, I'd put her on a panel to see who knew more about it because it's it's shocking that she knows more than not just lawmakers, but some of the people who even drafted it. It's it's crazy. Um, she knows the intricacies in and out, and we will be doing that. And I'll, I'll bring that over to the audio podcast clearly too because a lot of people do like that. So that will be a drop on Wednesday. So this week, I think we're going to have a few drops. I think we're going to have uh, the one you're listening to Tuesday, the OG rodeo drop. And then we're going to have um, one on probably Wednesday, the Karen piece. And then on Thursday, we'll have the last mile um, from this week because I believe I'm going to be talking about some things you guys will want to hear about. Um, and then on Friday uh, will be the roundtable. So... Yeah, 300 was last week, and that's kind of, here's where we're going to get into some pieces. I don't know how long today will run. I don't think it'll be the, you know, it's definitely not going to go over, and in fact, I would think we're probably, you know, we're probably going to be a little bit short, but that's okay. I mean, sometimes last, I mean, the last couple weeks, I think we've been uh, pretty over, and uh, so yeah, so this week, I'll keep it um, to the time, so um but let's let's just kind of I mean who cares about the how long this runs because uh, I don't have a fear of it going over but let's just kind of open up some of the topics that I've been thinking about because here we are at the end of November and this should be the crushing it point for um, gig workers right I mean it doesn't even matter what market you're in you know it's there's a there's very few things that I consider like unit for the for the continental United States. When it comes to gig work, we always say market to market because market to market is huge and it does matter. It matters huge. Um, you know, like what what might do well in one market might not in another. And I'm talking about the giants too. Like, you know, I mean, there's people I know who in certain markets only work Grubhub. And I've pointed this out before. If I tried that in my market, I'd be done. Um, there's not enough work to be able to do just that. Um even for the people who, who put in 10, 15, 20 hours part-time on top of a full-time job to do gig work, I don't think in my market, and again, I live in a huge, huge market, and it's a, it's a great gig market, but to be honest, um, Grubhub just, I don't even think the people who do that part-time stuff 
could find an actual groove to make the amount of money that they're trying to make in those extra hours they work on top of a job. Instead, they'd be better off pivoting to other apps. So to be honest, um, you know, it, it is market to market, but there are some things that are universal. Um, and I'm sure some people can claim that it's not as bad because clearly, you know, okay, let's start off with January. January nationwide is usually a big bust for gig workers. Um, you know, we kind of right now it's, it's usually like a couple weeks before Thanksgiving through just, you know, a day or two after New Year's Eve. So, it would, you know, first to second of January, we really see the volume die down. But this is usually that really heavy period for everybody. And then right after that is January, which is really a slow month for everybody. And I'll point out something. Even those people who live in places like Florida, which is a destination location in January. Uh, me, I live in Colorado, but we're a destination location in Colorado too because everybody comes out here to ski and snowboard. You know, the Rockies are some of the best. So... Um, even in January, you know, if you go up to the mountain towns or if you're on a beach down in Florida, you're still not making the money that you do the rest of the year. January is just slow. And I've always said, you know, of course it can be market to market. You might have an instance of how your market performs better than I'm speaking of in general, like how most markets perform in January. But still, I would bet it's not one of your biggest months, no matter where you live. Um, now, with that said... This should be the time that everybody is making tons of money and the gig economy is really helping them build that last part of the year to kind of help, con uh, you know, help contradict what January will bring. And it's not a bad thing, you guys. It's like by the, what, what is it? There's a holiday. It's, I believe it's President's Day or wait, may, it's either Martin Luther King or President's Day. I'm sorry, I'm not looking at a calendar. That's in January and at late January, and then the and then the other one is early February. So it's like in a couple of weeks, there's Martin Luther King Day and there's President's Day, and um, that's usually when it, at least here in Colorado it picks back up again because people do fly in for those long weekends, even where they just have a Monday off uh, due to the holidays. So it's like whichever one it is in January, that is kind of like usually the signal of. Okay, it might not be booming, but it's going to pick up now. People are traveling back here. But for the first three weeks of January, it's a great time to, I've always said, go on vacation, take a staycation, put your taxes together, um, do something that gets you away from, um, if possible, I know a lot of people don't even want to, but that gets you off screen time as much, maybe get away from your phone. I think we all know that's becoming a, a bigger problem than anybody had ever thought it would be. Um, you know, I, I clearly the pandemic didn't help. Technology moving at the speed it is doesn't help. And it is what it is at this point. Um, it's become and it's going to become more and more part of how we interact. And not only that, it's not just about social media on phones and what this, that and the other. It's all that phones can do. I mean, you really can run your entire business off a of phone. I'm not just talking about gig work. Like no matter what you do. For the most part, yeah, I mean, a lot of people still prefer having a desktop and whatnot, but really you can run the, the abilities of smartphones these days are amazing, like what they can do. But 
at the same time, so are the price tags. So I guess, you know, when a phone costs as much or more than a computer or even, you know, a new iPhone might cost what two new computers cost. There's a reason for that. It's because they're very powerful and they're uh, very, very good tools, even for business. So, okay. Um, so Sergio and I were talking about an issue that I'm going to bring up here today because hopefully I'll be able to drop this wave file um, audio podcast on YouTube tomorrow, but we'll see because as we know, when I record for the audio podcast land, it is unregulated. And by that, I mean, it's truly unregulated. It's exactly how it should be. Um, on YouTube, it's very strange, right? On others, on, on socials in general, you have to pay it. If you're posting on social media, you have to pay attention to what you're doing and which social platform you're on as well, because not all social platforms treat one thing the same as another. Like what might not be allowed on this social might be on this one, but you got to be careful and you can't say this or this, even on this one, on this one, you can't say anything. And on this one, you can fully talk about it. So there's always needing to figure that out and what's going to fly. Um, but here on audio podcast world, everything flies. I mean, unless I'm threatening harm to others or myself, there really is no regulation and that's how it should be. People should be allowed to express um, freedom of speech. And I honestly believe in that. I'm, I'm going to hit on a little more about what Sergio and I talked about for the 300th episode last week. And again, if you didn't hear it, go back and listen. It's not just number 300 in another podcast. And if you missed it, it's cool. Go back and listen. Um, we really kind of uh, threw the gauntlet down on some truths. Um, a lot of people won't want to digest all that, but it is what it is, guys. Um, but one of the truths that we talked about and it's not talked about nearly enough, is that um, there are a lot of illegals um, working in the gig economy, and they're doing it in not the proper way, right? They're coming onto these platforms by either buying accounts on the black market or the dark web, or they are renting accounts from people. This is also happening. Um, but I, I'm glad I, we dove into this when Sergio was on the podcast last week because Sergio is an immigrant. And so it, was, it felt very comfortable having that conversation because I don't want it to sound like I'm not against people entering the country. I just know that we've thrown away the playbook and every rule that we even know in this country about how we bring illegals into the country. Um, and I think that that's been a, a huge, huge, huge error that we will, we will pay for for many, many, many years as, a, um, as, a, as a, an economy, you know? The, the continental United States for many years, be, beyond this presidency, beyond this administration, will pay and pay and pay for the millions of people that we've let in illegally. I mean, uh, uh, illegal immigration, just so you all are aware, isn't related to a, a, a political party. However, because it's always happening. I mean, it's been happening for 50, 70, whoever, however many years, right? But we've let it go to a point where it's for a while it was almost like an invitation. 
And that was wrong. And we are seeing that everywhere now. We are seeing that on top of, we were talking about this, but on top of the fact that order volume is down, and that don't let that shock you, you guys. See, this is where it gets very important because order volume is down because inflation is way up. Um, again, I can't get over this enough because it. I think right now it's it's even being proved to a bigger degree because we were always on the cusp of a recession. So you got some people who say we're not in a recession at all. And then you get some people who are like, yeah, we're right there. And then you got some people like, and then you get the majority of people who are like, dude, we've been in a recession for a while. What are you talking about? Um, so I'm not even saying who's right, who's wrong. I mean, it depends on how you're looking at it. But the way that the American public feels about the economy right now is we are in a recession. That is an overwhelming truth. Most people know this. They're feeling it. That's why we're not seeing as much, um, you know, um, people aren't able to pay uh, the inflationary prices. I mean, it's it, and it's not just the inflation. I mean, everything's kind of upside down crazy right now. Um, and it's the economy should, this is the time, like it should be bouncing back right now, right now, end in November till Christmas. This is, should be a huge help. Um, now it's only been a couple days since Thanksgiving, but at the same time, um, it's not bouncing back as quickly. I mean, W-2 jobs are not as reliable as they ever have been in history. I think that's a big, big, big deal, guys. I think that every, all of us need to really, really, really understand this because a lot of people, you know, who are in the gig economy, they're part-time or they just, you know, they've faded out of it or they love it uh, doing this, that, and the other, but they've noticed the pay decrease. I got to say this, that listen, you know, if you're hoping on the gig economy um, cleaning its act up and like Uber and Lyft deciding, hey, we should pay the drivers more. I wouldn't count on that. There's going to be a lot of changes in the new year, you guys. doesn't even matter which state you live in because the others, the states that don't get affected by legislation will still end up paying a portion of the money that they have to pay to the states that will have regulation, if that makes sense. So if Uber operates in um, all states, right? Let's just keep it to the lower 48 for now, just for a second. So if Uber operates in all the states in the lower 48, which they do, um, if, the, if let's say 10 or 15 states have legislation, not like not Prop 22, but let's say it's similar, or let's say it's kind of like the Seattle model or whatever it is, in those states where Uber is having to make up differences, they, number one, like Prop 22, they will take it out on the customer. They won't benefit the driver. Um, they still will having to be put in. So eventually they're going to need to like, if they ever want to get to profitability though, they're going to need to pull from other markets to make up for the markets that do have um, legislation. And that's just a fact. This is, you guys... It's not, this isn't even gig related. You guys can go back and look at any time legislation has crept in because one of the biggest problems about legislation is that once you let it in, you really can't ever shut that door. Um, it's kind of like, you know, example, how I was talking about the unregulated space of the audio podcast. Look, people have tried to fight this space so many times, but the ground was stood and it was never made an exception. So there aren't regulations in place. Um, which is very helpful, but it wasn't as abused because it's people who do podcasting on audio podcasts. 
but it wasn't as abused as some of these apps have done. So in my opinion, some a lot of these apps have really made a lot of the problems that we're facing now. And a lot of the reasons that we do it, are going to see legislation next year is because of their unwillingness to not comply, but even work with cities. Um, you know, it's, I'll, I'll give you an example. So like, again, Uber, we'll stick with Uber today. So Uber, you know, they've been, they've been oversaturating markets. The order volume's down. They're oversaturating it even more like they always do around the holidays. Plus, we have the illegals working the platform. And that's something a lot of people don't want to talk about on other platforms. But guys, it's a fact. It's true. It's not a diss on anybody. I'm just putting it out there because it's a fact. I'm not talking about my opinion and, you know, where I stand on this. I'm just saying that it's a fact. Illegals are buying accounts, they're renting accounts, and they're running them 24 hours a day with multiple people. You know, Sergio had the idea of using the facial identification features. I know a ways back, we've talked about this many times, over in Europe, a lot of the testing that uses the Microsoft platform, which is pretty common, for facial recognition software on these gig apps, um, you know, they don't run a high percentage. Like the testing I know in over in the UK was like 72 or 74% at its most efficient. And that's because like if it was dark out or females or people of color or other ethnic backgrounds, it wasn't able to properly say, yes, that's them or whatever. So the, the facial recognition software at best made it just a, a percent or so, a percent or two shy of 75%. 75% would be a C. You know, so at best they had a C and they got down to like a D minus. So it's like, you know, that's not really what we should be efficient on. But if it has gotten to the level of better, like Sergio said, or like he thinks, then I agree, you know, have a, have more of a check-in with, with the DoorDash platform or the Uber platform. Rideshare drivers are already made to do this more often anyway, but the delivery platforms are where a lot of this problem is stemming. And to be honest, have that pop up every couple hours if it works. Again, you know, I remember during the pandemic, it, it was so not working. Like I was able to put duct tape over my mouth and now masking was required. But if it was, it was letting me do that and it, and you could tell clear as day, it was just duct tape. It was not a mask. So, but somehow it just, I read it as the software just saw, oh, his mouth is covered. Okay. Let him on. Well, that doesn't seem like it's working real well. Um, so, yeah, we have that. We have the oversaturation. We have the holiday oversaturation. We have the the not picking up of volume in the holiday season right now. Um, even across the board, again, like I was saying about W2, W2 is not protecting you guys. I mean, we've talked about this before, so I won't hit on it for a long period of time, but it's, you know... Sometimes you just got to bring up these things to remind people or in case you missed an episode or whatnot. But look, um, you know, the, the days of like the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s are gone. Like you coming out of, if you go to college and you come out of college and you get a, you get a W-2 that you love, it's what you want to do, the, the sustainability or the the realistic view of you spending your entire career there, start to end, and retiring there is so 
<laughs> it's so low. I mean, I, I don't even know if there is a stat for it. To be honest, there was a time in the 50s, 60s, 70s. I don't think I'd say into the 80s because it started to change a little. But 50s, 60s, 70s, 1950 to 19, let's say, 79. Let's just use that example where if you came out of college, you were going to get a good job with a company. And if you picked the correct one, like I'm originally from Michigan. So if you went to work for Ford or you went to work for whatever, right? Um, you most likely would end your career with that company. You'd start with them, you'd end with them. Um, that is like a statistic that doesn't even exist anymore. These days, people that come out of college, that kind of oriented in a business model, um, most commonly will work for four to five uh, businesses in their lifetime if they stick with that career. I mean, there's a lot of stats coming out that show that people who go to college stick with the career for, you know, what used to be even a longer amount of time, but now it's shorter, you know, five to 10 years, and then just get out of whatever they're doing and go for more money. And it, it really becomes not about anything you did in college. Um, so I guess like, you know, nobody wants to brag, no college wants to brag about that. It's not a good bragging point to say, hey, remember when you could get out of college and have a job you love for the rest of your life? Well, those days are gone. You know, it's not a... It's not a good ad. Um, you know, if you know you want to be a lawyer or you know you want to be a doctor, I've always said this, of course you need to go to college. And hopefully you have some kind of path picked and you've been re you're have been you so into it that that matters. That's the only way you can do that. But as I've said many times, um, you know, when I was getting out of school, um, yeah, I went to college. But at the same time, trade schools weren't as an as respected like you were very likely to get hired right out of college and with a trade school it was like it was going to be rougher now good luck getting a job coming out of college unless you were so laser focused like i said on being a lawyer being a doctor something like that but it's so if you really don't have a, a very strong path. I honestly believe you might be better off at a trade school because a lot of those you can finish in 12 to 18 months and the placement ability of trade schools now, nobody can debate this. This is a fact. Um, the, you know, if, if you, as long as you look into the one you're going to majorly, but most of them can place you into a job in the career field you did at the trade school right as soon as you're done, if not before you're done. Um, that happens a lot. So trade schools have really upped their game with the job placement. Colleges never really had job placement. They had counselors and stuff who could help you and direct you. But those days are kind of gone. Now college is more, yeah, make what you can of it and then go out there and sell yourself. You know, it's not, you're not really guaranteed that position anymore. Um, in the W-2 world, not only will you probably have five to six jobs in a in your career but at the same time you know you're gonna I, 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 I unless you're given room to improve and you really went in going i want to be this and that kind of specific grab at something in college these days is tough like i, I already mentioned doctors lawyers um, i'm sure i'm forgetting some others dentists things like that Okay, those are very specific niche things.
but college is the, you know, the percentage of people that go to college for that is probably about 10%. The other 90% go into business and all these other things. And I think there are a lot better options these days. When I finished high school, was there? No, you were better off going to college, but the cost of college when I, when I was getting out was, I mean, it's, you know, you can go down years and see how the college price drops. But I think that we all saw in the mid, you know, the late, the, you know, actually right around the time of, of the major technology jumps, somewhere around like 2010, 2011, um, Colleges started skyrocketing. I mean, they already were beforehand, all through the 2000s. They were making some major jumps on previous years that weren't reflecting just how much the increase goes year to year. But they started making some major jumps. And nowadays, to go to college, I mean, unless you have a full ride or unless you have somebody paying for your college, um, you know, and I, I, most parents, most parents can't really afford to do that. So, and if that's the choice you want to make, I just highly question you to play it out. Look, like if you're thinking about going to college and you're taking on the loans for yourself and you're going to be doing this and you're going to an expensive college, I would say look at the job market now, even though it's going to be three, four, five years from now that you finish. But look at the job market now and say, if I were to finish college today from the college you want to go to, in the field that you want to go into, Look up the jobs in your market and see how many jobs, what you're trying to be through college, see how many of those jobs exist and see what they pay. And then even if it's just the most basic mock-up, mock-up what you think it would take you if you were to get that job and you were and, and then add your, your years together, just call it four years at a conventional college. Um, let's say that you know you're going to owe X amount. Now, with housing and living and all that, you tell me how many years it's going to take you to come out of debt. Um, because for most, it's a lot. And I remember the days of like a much cheaper college option. And unless you were going to become a doctor, a lawyer, something like that, you were pretty much, you know, you could get out of your college debts in five, six, seven years. That's, un that's not going to happen these days. Um, unless you're just like one of the 1% that gets extremely lucky graduating. But like most likely, it's going to take you many, many years to pay your college off. Um, again, if you have full rides, full scholarships, that's a different story too. Um, to those people, I would say still explore though. I'm not saying pass it up at all, but I'm saying still explore because obviously if you have a full ride, that college sees something in you very worthwhile. So who knows that the rest of the world wouldn't either, you know? So I'm just saying, just play out the options elsewhere. See, see where might hire you right away. Make sure that you're, I guess, make sure you're the type that wants to go to college. In my day, it was just kind of like, go to college, you know, and then some people would bail after the first year or whatever um, kind of thing, but like at least they would try it. It's too expensive for that now. If you don't have any kind of direction and you're just like, well... I don't know. I'll just go to college and figure it out. I don't, I don't, I honestly don't believe that's a good idea anymore. That's my personal opinion. Um, but I would even say, you know, go to a trade school for a year that costs like next to nothing, learn that trade. And then maybe after that year, after high school, you do that, you decide you do want to go to college and you've got a little more focus, even from doing a trade 
that you're like, I could do this, but I don't want to do this the rest of my life. But it might, even after six months, might give you that vision. That's when you start college. Because unless you, I, I truly believe this, guys, unless you have a real, real passion, desire to do something specific, I believe there are people out there willing to hire you without the college degree that they used to require. I'm just saying. Because, and this goes, again, back to the W-2 market. That W-2 job is not, oh my gosh, I got, I got the job. I'm set for life anymore. That's not how it is. That W-2 is on the line every day. If the company downsizes, you're very likely to be downsized. If the company goes out of business, clearly you're out of a job. Um, if the company decides to um, merge with another company, obviously they let go of a good amount of people. Now, you might be in the highest skill set of those people. Maybe you'll be kept. But it sucks to be at a W-2 and not have the job security that once was why you would take a W-2. There's a reason why 58 million um, in 2019 independent contractors has turned into 65 million now, like three years later, because independent contractors. Because again, guys, remember, we're working off 180,000 um, or 180 million people working in the United States. Out of those 180, 65 million now are independent contractors. That's creeping up on 40% of the American, of Americans working in the U.S. are working gig work, independent contractor, uh, self-employment, freelancer, um, whatever you want to call it, they're doing that for themselves. They've found a way to carve something out for themselves and make it for themselves. Um, and to that, I say that number is only growing. We've seen the gig economy take a beating right now. That's a fact. I mean, let's, you know, again, there's no reason to deny the facts. Facts are facts. So that, that has happened. Um, but it will come back up. The whole economy's down. My point about this today is that there's a lot of people out there who are, you know, who left the W-2 world, came to gig work, it was making good money. Now the money's down a little bit, so they're they're really killing themselves looking for those W-2s. And I've known some who are who have found something and they're so far so good kind of thing happy. I know some who went back to W-2 and it took under two months, and I'm talking about a good amount of people who were like, the gig economy is just not paying me what it used to. I'm going back to W-2. Within two months, we're back to gig economy looking for new apps and trying to find ways, other ways to multi-app and other apps to earn on because they in, immediately realize W-2 is not a safe haven. You're not, you know, it's a paycheck, but it's a paycheck until it's not. And the, and the amount of reasons why it could become not are so many more than it ever was in the past. So like, if you, again, it goes back to that model. You know, again, I'm not dissing on it. Some people are destined to be W-2 workers. Um, a lot of careers really probably only find a lot of W-2 people, but um, W-2 retention has gone extremely down. And um, is W-2 work better than gig work? It really depends on the hustle you want to put in, 
Um, flexibility is a huge thing. You know, almost no W-2s offer flexibility. What I think in the new year would be a tremendous, awesome thing to happen would be to have the W-2 find a way to offer some flexibility. I don't know where that would be. Maybe some of it being allowed at home. Maybe some of it being allowed to give up one day. Um, or maybe even on a weekly basis, you can you can take a half day. Um, they used to do like job sharing programs in the 80s and 90s where, you know, like I, uh, the main one I can think of is like women who would get pregnant. Um, so they would work in the in the through as much of the pregnancy as they can working 20 hours a week instead of 40 and they would have somebody else cover the other 20 so you'd have a work share program those are fairly non-existent these days too they would rather just have two part-time employees um but then that screws up your benefits and all these that's another thing the w-2 benefits are are what they are but again they are what they are until they're not keep saying this but you know it's like wow that package is great okay but now, really, really weigh the factor in of is the, is, the, is the job security there with this job? Because anybody can start a company and have a great benefits package. It doesn't mean anything if the company's out of business in six months or two years. Uh, but, I mean, with that said, those are great perks. Don't take this the wrong way. Some of you are college-bound. Some of you already are... <laughs> are like me, are way past college age. <coughs> but just kind of, we're all keeping our finger on the pulse, right? And a lot of us now who are way past the, the college age, like me, I have a kid a year away from college age. And he's thinking about multiple things. Um, so it's a difficult decision. But today I just kind of wanted to talk about everything's kind of up in the air right now. The gig economy is not going anywhere. So is W-2 better than gig work? It depends on you. And I know a lot of people enter gig work, platform app-based gig work, more than they do, more than they did just service industry. Because I know all the years I spent in service industry, you really didn't have people drop their W-2s and come over to there. A lot of times it was just service industry people who did it through college who kept doing it and stayed at high volume places where they made lots of money. So it just was, it became a living. So there is the level of college and getting, or whenever you're kind of getting into the, the service industry, like bar industry, restaurant industry. Um, and then there's the taking it to the professional level after college. That's something I did. I've done a lot of production too, but now here I am, I've worked W-2 as a manager owner of bars. I've worked W-2 as a, man, as a, um, as a show leader for a laser company. Um, I've worked for other production companies, but now here I am, I worked at Gig Economy too. And ever since the pandemic, I'm just juggling everything. So my independent contractorship is huge to me and I don't wanna lose that next year. And it's going to be on the chopping block in a lot of states. And those states are going to influence other states. There are some states that have said, well, we'll pause. Doesn't mean that they won't try it in the middle of next year. But they're kind of waiting to see how the states that are not going to pause will go. So, you know, Massachusetts, Chicago, um, even where I live, Denver, they're trying to push some things down their throat. Uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, um, Connecticut, uh, a lot of East Coast ones, guys. But we're going to see it more and more and more. And um, yeah, 
So I guess today's episode was really just about W-2 or no W-2, independent contractor or no independent contractor, gig work or no gig work. To me, it's about, this is for me, guys. It's about my brand now. At my age, it's about my brand. And I'm going to work whatever. And it might, if some people looked at the work I'm doing, it might be, dude, you're so random in what you're doing. Yep. But I don't need to be on a delivery app or a rideshare app to call myself diverse. I do other things too. And if all, look, have as many incomes as you can. You want all the streams of income if you can, because even if each one is only one tenth of what you need to live, well, all you need are 10 of those income streams then to live, right? But if you get 11, 12, now you're above what you need to live. And if even if you're just at the 10 that you say you need to live and one of them falls apart, it's not like if you're at a W-2 or an IC depending on one thing. Because if you're depending on one thing or you're depending on a W-2 and you get let go, you just lost all your income streams unless you've diversified. If you have multiple income streams, that hit can be a lot less and you can find another outlet. Usually if you have that kind of reach where you've really gone out of your way to say, no, I've got my hand in this, this, and this. And if you're doing gig app work, guys, I can tell you, I can turn you on to a lot of other stuff too. I can tell you how to get into staging, how to get into um, uh, lighting. LED lighting is huge right now for venues and things like that. And I do know how to help you guys approach um, situations like interviewing with somebody if you've never done that work. You know, I could give you advice. So if you ever want, you know, please email me on this. If you're ever, if you've ever been interested in the production game, email me at steve at rideshowrodeo.com. I can give you a couple tips on how to go get your foot in the door. Um, and, uh, you know, see if you even like it, but, um, I've all, I always loved it. I always loved being part of the production. Um, you know, the, the teamwork, the camaraderie, um, watching a show come together, putting it together, tearing it down, um, being on the road. I've done European tours. So like going from not only city to city, but you know, when you're in Europe, it's the countries are very small. So you're like in a city, in a country for two days, and then it's tear it down, get to the next country city and build it back up for two nights again. So, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's an inner fulfilling job on top of the pay. And it's also can be a lot of fun. It is a lot of work. It's a lot of long working hours too, but I think that gig workers are used to that. So, you know, there's no reason that you have to say you're only limited to gig apps. If you're, if you're a gig worker who works as much as you need to, to make full-time gig money, there are so many other things out there you could be doing guys. And I'm not saying that would replace gig work. You could do both. But other things that are independent contractorship where you could say, okay, I'm still an IC. I still run my time. But yeah, I have these apps and I can work them. And those are great in those situations, right? Because now you've got this other gig of your own, but you didn't deactivate yourself from the apps. So you still always have the apps. So if you need to, if you need to brace up a business and you want to start a business of your own, you know, if that's something that interests you, if you want to start up a business of your own, well, you could, you know, brace it up with gig economy stuff. This is something that even if you've never really been a true IC, been a, you know, somewhere in that lost definition of um, gig worker, plat- app-based platform IC that was never really defined, well, you've learned the struggles. So now reap the rewards. 
that said, you guys, um, that's a week for me. Next week, I am going to have um, Ron uh, Dasher Life Hawaii on the podcast. And yes, obviously, he is from Hawaii. If you're not familiar with Ron, you will not want to miss this episode. Um, I know he's been, if you watch any YouTube, you've seen him. Um, but as we all know, when people pass through the rodeo podcast, they get a different group of questions and a, we have a totally different discussion than they've probably had anywhere else. Cause I always try and make it a little bit different. Um, and I try and, you know, and it's not, again, you all know me. I don't ever come at you with gotcha type stuff. That's not what I'm saying. I just try and get to like Ron is a perfect example. I've seen him on many other live streams. I've seen what he talks about. I've seen what interests him and and a lot of other people haven't really hit on those points. So I'll be discussing some of that stuff with Ron and I'm actually looking forward to it too. So you guys join us back here next week. There's, there will be some more audios dropping this week, as I mentioned. Um, but that said, you guys have a, I hope you had a great holiday weekend again. Uh, please, uh, Parapulse is live by the way. So check out Parapulse only in the Para app. You also have Paraworks and Parapass. And yes, I know it can get confusing. Um, so if you have questions on that, please email me, steve at withpara.com. And if you have questions relating to the audio podcast or any of the content I'm creating or any of the apps I'm working, hit me up at steve at rideshareradio.com. Um, so that said, you guys, uh, have a, have a great week. Um, earn smart, be safe, and we'll see you back here next week on Rodeo. Peace.